Wasn't that great? Um, I, I'm curious, and I can't see, but I'll, I'll, how many of you? How many of you know that song? Can I just see your hands. Wow, a lot of you. That's great. Did you guys see that out there? Okay. Um, I hope you dance. I, I, I'm calling the subtitle to this "Living Thankfully and Taking Risks," and uh, back came up with that as I looked through the lyrics way back when when we started planning this, and. Um, and really, this is, there's two or three things I want to just really impress upon your mind and hopefully your heart as you think about these things. And you've and you got to admit, whether you like the, the, the country, although there wasn't any twang to that, but uh, whether you like the country side of that song or not, you have to admit that the lyrics are just uh, really got some good stuff to them. And um, if you want to go over them again, they'll be on action steps on, uh, on our website, just to go to their, our, uh, our um, website and you'll see that. But... Um, I got three thoughts I want to give you just to think through. Living thankfully and taking risks. All right, it's very simple. How, how, how do we do that? How do we do that? And, and the first thing is, is, and this is the one that I'll spend probably most of my time on, stay alert, stay alert to new challenges. Because a lot of what that song is talking about is, you know, I hope you don't, you know, I hope you don't just... You know, live in the past. I hope you can, will always see what's up. I hope when you have the choice of sitting it out or dancing, I hope you'll dance. And I, that, when I first heard this song, it rang true into my heart. Because one of the things that keeps people from really living thankfully and taking risk and really living what I would call, if I wanted to use sort of a, sort of a, a Christian word, and I don't say this negatively, uh, one of the terms that I would use, one of the things that keeps people from living an abundant life oftentimes can be living in the past. I don't know. Do you think, well, however you're, you're, whatever your age, you don't have to be very old to get like this. Whatever your age, do you think sometimes that, that uh, maybe your best years were behind you? Maybe your best years were, were 20 years ago when, I, when my friend Steve, our creative arts director, often, especially as the football season hit this year, often talks about, I got two years of eligibility left. Maybe I could still go back and I'm like... <laughs> Give it up, friend. Give it up, you know. And uh, I mean, and 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 I don't want to just pick on him, but oftentimes all of us will go back to a time when we really felt like things. But you know, maybe maybe it was when we had hair, you know, or maybe it was when our stomachs were flat. Gee, wonder what that was like. Um, that was when I looked different. You, but you're you're living in the past. Maybe it was when I had that really good position. I don't know. Maybe so. Take a look at this and. We'll see this illustrated for us right on film, all right? Two guys living over again the big football game where they lost. You ever been there? A few, few, uh, couple years ago, I, I was giving an illustration. I had been to a, a basketball game, um, and um, my son was at the time an assistant coach. And Real close basketball game. You win that game, you advance to the next level, which would have been states. And, and these guys just lost a heartbreaker. And as it turned out, I don't know the team, but one of the kids just was, came and walking by me, and he was crying. He was just standing there. He didn't know me. I didn't know him. And I said, hey, don't worry about it. 20 years from now, it won't mean much. Probably wasn't the thing to say, but I was trying to be comforting. <laughs> I gave that illustration. I gave that illustration, and I, I'll bet you there were at least 10 guys right here and we weren't this big then, um, who came up to me and said, that's a lie, Rich. I still haven't forgotten the time that I dropped the ball or I missed the bucket or whatever it happens to be. 
Many times we live in the past. And, and, and the point that I want you to see in this whole thing is whether it's living in the past or whether it's settling for, for average or whether it's just going along with the status quo, um, my point is this. When we talk about staying alert to new challenges, we're talking about live, live where you are. Live in the present. Emerson put it this way. I love this quote from a great writer that I love so much. Don't, don't be too timid and squeamish about your actions. All life is an experiment. The more experiments you make, the better. Don't be so timid. Don't be so, don't be so squirmish, you know. Take a chance. So the whole thing, stay alert to new challenges. Here's an example from somebody in the scriptures that no matter what he had accomplished, no matter how old, how old he was, I love this passage, um, he was still looking for new challenges and how to be useful to the world. The guy's name in the Old Testament is Caleb. And Caleb and another guy by the name of Joshua, way back when, maybe you remember the story if you had Bible stories when you were a kid, maybe you've just picked up the name somewhere else, maybe you just know somebody named Joshua, I don't know. But, but um, they, they, long, right at the beginning when, when the nation of Israel was coming out of Egypt, out of slavery, God said, you know, they'd wandered around a little bit in the Sinai Peninsula, which is in the Middle East, I've been there, it's just a horrid place. Just, I mean, Sinai, it's just, it's just desert. And it's not the kind of desert we have in Arizona. That that looks like lush forest compared to this place. It's just rocks and gravel and yuck, you know. They traveled around there, and so so God said, I want want you to send, he told Joshua, I want you to send spies into the promised land, the quote-unquote land of milk and honey. And they came back, they had 12 spies. Two guys came back, 10 guys came back and said, Boy, it's a tough place. We don't want to go there. The people there look too mean and too tough and too bad. There's no way we can do this. Two guys stood up, Caleb and Joshua, and said, we can do it. Let's go. Let's go now. Let's don't let any time waste. Let's go. Well, the majority ruled, and they didn't go. And as a result, they stayed in that Sinai Peninsula for 40 years. So we're, we're after that point. When I, when I take you to this passage, it's after that point, 40 years later, 45 years later, They have come to the promised land, and there's a couple of them still alive. Joshua and Caleb. Joshua is the leader of the Israeli people at this point in time. Now, watch what happens. I just want to show you this from Joshua chapter 14. A delegation from the tribe of Judah, led by Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, came to Joshua at Gilgal. Caleb said to Joshua, Remember what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, about you and me when we were at Kadesh Barnea? That's what I was telling you about earlier. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land of Canaan. I returned and gave from my heart a good report. Just two of them did, you know. And my brothers who went with me frightened the people and discouraged them from entering the promised land. For my part, I followed the Lord my God completely. So that day Moses promised me the land of Canaan on which you were just walking will be your special possession and that of your descendants forever because you wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. Now, as you can see, the Lord has kept me alive and well as he has promised for all these 45 years. 45 years later. Yes, that would be 85 years old if you don't know your math. Um, even I can do that. Since Moses made his promise, even, when, even while Israel wandered in the wilderness, today I'm 85 years old. I'm as strong now. Gosh, I love this. I'm as strong now 
as I was when Moses sent me on that journey, and I can still travel and fight as well as I could then, so I'm asking you to give me, give me the hill country. Now, you, you don't know this if you haven't been there and if you don't really understand all the background. The hill country, not too far from what we now know as Jerusalem, is some of the most difficult terrain that there is at this particular time in history. It was the most possessed by the, by the Canaanites who were an incredibly wicked people. And some people wonder, how could God have directed Caleb and Joseph to go in there and wipe them? We're talking child sacrifice. We're talking child sexual abuse. We're talking the whole, I mean, just as bad as it can get. That's why God did a merciful thing by saying, I don't want them on the face of the earth. That's why he told his people to go wipe them out. So next time you start struggling with the Old Testament, you say, why did God tell, tell Moses, or tell Moses, in this case Joshua and Caleb, to go wipe out this one group, because this people, were, they were doing things that would just, if I told you everything, it would just, it, you, you couldn't handle it. Some of you would walk out, and, and I don't know that I could talk about it. They're that kind of people, and they were all over there. It was just a very inbred type of deal. It was just really nasty. The toughest part of the country, and Caleb says, Joshua, that's where I want, right there, baby. Turn me and my guys loose. 85 years old. That's what I want. He could have lived back. Remember back in the day, baby, 45 years ago, we had it going and we didn't do it. He says, hey, that was a great time. Today's the day. Let's go. Don't you love that attitude? I just love that. He's not, you know, he's not looking. He's not looking. Hey, 65, man, I'm retired. I got my money coming in. Nothing wrong with taking money at 65. I'm not saying that, okay? <laughs> just give it all to Renaissance. No, uh, um, no. <laughs> Uh, but it's the attitude that I'm talking about. It's the attitude. You see, and that's, that's the issue here. Just that last line, but if the Lord is with me, I will drive them out of the land just as the Lord said. <clears throat> it's Joshua chapter 14. Stay alert to new challenges. You're never too old. You're never too tired. You're never too used up. Your best day wasn't behind you. Your best days are in front of you. And that's a biblical truth. That's why I love that line when it comes time to sit it out or dance. I hope you dance. Caleb did. He said, I'm ready to go. Stay alert. Yeah, the, the past is great. Learn from it. Grow from it. Thank God for it. Decide you're never going to do that again or you're going to do that again. Learn from it, but then you move on with it. You don't stay there and stay stuck in the funk of the past. You can quote me on that one too. So that's it. First of all, stay alert. If we're going to do this thing that, I, that, that we're calling living thankfully and taking risks, stay alert to new challenges. For you, that may be a different, different job. That may be a different season in, in your raising of your children or your family. Maybe a different time that you've got to look at in terms of how you can help others. It may have to do with your career. It may have to do with your family. It may have to do with some other things that are going on in your life. But stay alert to new challenges. That's the first thing. Second thing is this. If I'm going to live thankfully and take risks, stay alert to new challenges. Number two, live with an awareness of God's presence. Live with an awareness of God's presence. You say, what do you mean by that? Now, this one's tough because so many misconceived thoughts as to what it means to be in the presence of God, to always pray. We always kind of get that into a religious formula. We kind of get into that place. I remember as a kid one time, we went to this church a couple times, and, and I remember the pastor, 
and and he was and, and there's nothing wrong with this, but he, but you know he did the whole vestments thing and so forth, which is fine. I'm not being critical of that, but but um, the attire, the robes and stuff and stuff, sergeant stripes and all that, and um, that's terrible. I don't mean to make fun. I really don't. <laughs> That came out the wrong way. Sorry, I apologize. Those of you who are a part of church, that, there's nothing wrong with that. There's meaning to it. It's significant, and that's fine. But this, this particular, wasn't that so much as this particular minister, whenever he would pray, I'll never forget it. I was probably eight years old. And I'll never forget it. He would do this number. Let us now enter into the presence of God. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. And every time, it was, let us now enter into the presence of God. And, and he could have been very sincere. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not judging that whatsoever. But here's my point. Whenever we talk about living with an awareness of God's presence, all kinds of stuff comes up. And, oh, I'm going to be in the presence of God. We do this religious thing where we get all this formulaic stuff. And, I mean, there's many ways we do this. Let me show you something. Uh, these are poker chips. Okay. So what was our pastor doing last night about midnight? No, no. Um, a friend of mine gave me this because he knows I love, he knows I enjoy a game of poker from time to time, and, and, uh, and he gave me some poker chips. It's the same type of thing. You know, somebody here wanted to kind of be religious with their poker chips, and, uh, and he gave it to me kind of as a joke, but these are real poker chips, weighted the right way and everything. I mean, they're, they're pretty cool, but, but here, here's the deal, okay? Um, let me see if we get. Here we go. Here's the first one. Let me, let me see. Here we go. Jesus knows how to hold them. No one can take you out of his hand. Isn't that good? How about this one? How about this one? Uh, let's see which one I want to do next. Here we go. Oh, I'll do this one first. Don't gamble with eternity. Except Jesus before you cash in your chips. Okay? <laughs> but here is my favorite one. Jesus went all in for you. So ante up and give your heart to Jesus. There you go. <laughs> you may see those sometime in the near future, those of you who play poker with me. But anyway, um, it's funny how we try to make things religious. Uh, and granted, I mean, and does that mean the people who did these things, were they, were they sincere? I don't, maybe, maybe they were. Well, we do the same thing when we come to the presence of God. Well, we've got we've to go to church. Well, that's kind of tough for us because, you know, you've got to go to summit to the opera house and walk up three floors to, to, to go pray. Let me help you with this. God's presence is everywhere you are. Hopefully, you probably know that at least academically and in your brain, but maybe you haven't really fully realized that. And that's part of this whole thing of living life and, and taking risk and, and all that goes along with that. Live with an awareness of God's presence. It's not just about saying a prayer. got a couple thoughts for you here on this. Look at this quote. Here's somebody you haven't heard from all week. I may not say it all the time or I may not pray it as much as I need to, but I'm, I'm not forgetting where I came from and how, to got, how I got to be there and where I am today. Okay, I, I may not pray as much as I need to. Now, out of the sincereness, I worked hard, by the way, to get you a quote from T.O. I thought you, your day would not be complete if you watched Sports Center without a, without a quote from T.O. Some people think that. I'm not making fun of him. Some people think it's a matter of how many times I say my prayers. But again, there's this term, 
I don't know who first originated it, but it's a good term. Practicing the presence of God. It's being aware that wherever I go, whatever I'm doing, God's right there. It's really a good thing. It can be also a good warning. Wherever I go, whatever I'm doing. Sometime when you, when you, you know, when you, when you lost it with your kids and you say, yeah, yeah, all of a sudden, you, and you say something you shouldn't say, you think, ooh, my kids heard that. Yeah, they did. So did God, because he's right there with you. Um, let me show you this. Very simple passage from Psalm 139, verse 7. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the place of dead, you're there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell on the farthest oceans, even there, your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are both alike to you. Psalm 139. When we talk about taking risk, and we talk about living life and, 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 and all that goes along with that, living thankfully. And we're going to talk more about Thanksgiving next Sunday. It could be the Sunday after Thanksgiving and so forth. But I want to touch on it just for a moment. We talk about living thankfully and taking risk. We're talking about the fact, sure, be aware of the challenges that come your way, but also be aware God's right there with you all the time. Everywhere you go, he's right there. Be aware of that. Be thankful about that. Might even ask him to help you to see the things that you need to see at different times, and with people and situations and so forth. That's the second thing. Third thing, and this is especially designed for those of you who may be cautious or may be living a little bit in the past or, or maybe aren't quite as quick to, to move forward in your life for whatever reason, maybe because you've been burned, maybe because you've been hurt, maybe because you're just, just your personality. But this is especially for you, but it really helps all of us. Third thing is this, remember, God's got good stuff planned for you. And that's not just Rich's words. That's the Bible. Two passages. Just let me show them to you. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me in earnest, you will find me when you seek me. God's got good stuff planned for you. Remember that. Don't shiver and tremble when you think of the future. Look forward to it. Be like the Proverbs 31 lady. If you read Proverbs 31, it's talking about the the woman of virtue. And and the words there says, she smiles at the future. What a great attitude. Ephesians puts it this way, now glory be to God by his mighty power at work within us. He is able to accomplish infinitely more than we would ever dare to ask or hope. God's got a lot of good stuff planned for you. Think about that. Does that mean you can't make a mistake in a future decision? Of course it doesn't. You can make mistakes. But God has a way of even working through that. And that's the issue. That's why when it comes time to sit it out or dance, dance. You know, move on. I want to read one last thing to you, and then I'm going to have, have Charlie come back up with the band and sing a song that I think just really kind of caps all the soft for us. Right? But let me read this to you, because this comes from a great writer, a great American writer that I like a lot, and some of you are familiar with him, Jack London. But just, just follow this with me. It's just really good. I would rather be ashes than dust. I would rather that my spark should burn out in a brilliant blaze than it should be stifled by dry rot. I would rather be a superb meteor, every atom of me in magnificent glow, than a sleepy and permanent planet. The proper function of man is to live, not to exist. I shall not waste my days in trying to prolong them. I shall use my time. 
can't say any better than that. But I would add this. The only way we can have that spark and that blaze that he's talking about, I believe the only way we can have that fully, because we're all human, we're all fallen, is being connected to the giver of life and the creator of our own lives, which is God. That's really how it's going to happen. And that's what, that's what God desires. I such a, so much confusion about that. I don't know why. It's very clear in the scriptures. It's very clear from the Bible what, what God wants from us. He wants us to live. He wants us to experience. And that's why Jesus came. You, you hear me often quote John 10.10 10, where Jesus I came, not, not, I came the man, not to rob. I came that my, man might have life and have it more abundantly, more full. Some Bibles would read on that. God's got good stuff. You know, it has to be God when we think about how we're going to, you know, just be, just, just live. Not just exist, but live. Live with an attitude of, that, that's, that's to, I hate to coin the phrase, but live with the attitude of gratitude. Learn to enjoy every season of life, wherever it is that you are. It wasn't the best one last time, last year, or tw- 10 years ago. Those were the, those back in the day, those were the good old days. Now's the good old days. Just think about it, someday... You're going to look back. I've lived long enough. I can say this. Someday you're going to look back and say, boy, boy, that 2005, what a great year. Or what a challenging year. Well, how much I learned that year. Or whatever the situation may be applying. Those were the good old days. Whether everything that happened good or not is not the issue. That's going on right now. Don't forget that. Live in the present. Don't get hung up on the past. And I'll tell you, I believe it's only as we have a relationship. The Bible is pretty clear about this. As we have a relationship with God. Can that really happen? It's kind of like just, just dive, just dive and go, go deep, you know, into life. Come on up, guys. Let me pray as they're walking up, and I want you to hear this song. God, I do pray that each one of us would, would have the ability to see these valuable, valuable truths. This is some, this is some stuff, Lord, that we don't need to leave here. It needs to be part of our, our thought life, part of our conversations, maybe even to talk about it with those whom we love today or in the next day or two while it's fresh on our mind. Help us to think through that. God, we know it can't be accomplished. It can't be accomplished fully without a relationship with God. And we thank you that you sent Jesus to live and suffer and die and go to the, go to the tomb and be raised again to give us the ability to have a relationship with you. We're thankful for that. Now, pray, God, I pray that we, as the, song, as the words of the song says, help us just to dive into life by your guidance, by your strength, by your power. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.